you're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Guests of this show, join us on the hotline for Atlas Beats and Sports Bar. 13-time Consumer Choice Award winner. For every dollar you spend, earn points towards free pizza with the rewards program. It's Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. We're in hour three. We'll do some What You Want to Talk About. Sportsnet today after the top of the next hour. Play-by-play voice for the Colorado Avalanche is Connor McGahee. I'm going to join Ryan Pinder in, uh, I'm going to say, about 60 minutes from right now. Sportsnet today, we call it, yeah. Yeah. Is that what I said? You said in about an hour. Sportsnet today. Sure, yeah. Good new name, sure. Uh, We'll get some breaking news from the NHL. Let's quickly get to that if we can. All right. Elliot Friedman on Twitter announcing that uh, the long-awaited coaching development in Florida has – Finally happened. It is not going to be Andrew Burnett back, despite being nominated for the Jack Adams as an interim this year. Paul Maurice is going to Florida per Friedman 46 seconds ago. Well, there's a swerve of all the names. Ooh, that was not a name that was out there. Yeah, we'll discuss uh, coming up. It certainly, the longer it went and the more, <laughs> the more gentlemen who seemed to Interview for that job, the less and less likely it, be, it seemed that Brunette was going to last. Yeah, yeah crazy. Um, talked to this guy a week ago, and the whole, the, this live golf, to, it's, it's gaining steam, it's gaining momentum, and another big name joining the fray yesterday. Luke Elvey is our golf analyst. He is our PGA expert. And joins us right Pro now. Pro golf, we that's have to right. say. Oh, yeah. PGA Tour. Who yeah, even, that's right. Yeah, who's yeah, left yeah. there, Luke? Jeez, yeah. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? Morning, gents. Um, yeah, fair bit going on in the game of golf for a change, isn't it? And, uh, a little, little bit more than just talking about tournaments for a change. You know what's funny? Like, they, they didn't the, the PGA come up with like a a purse for like the the create the player that created the, the most buzz social on social media or something <laughs> like a few years ago? Like, I think they really, like, yeah, yeah they, they like the idea yeah. of like buzz and people talking about it. And they got into you know, I think the people that make the the Drive to Survive series for F one are now doing a golf one. Yeah. Um, boy, I really don't think they saw this other stuff coming because they they don't need any help in creating drama all of a sudden. The the, the pro golfers no. out there. Well, if they didn't see it coming, Ryan, they've been wearing a blindfold because for the last seven years, this Premier League golf or Saudi-backed golf league series has been bubbling under the surface. And all the players were saying, just make a decision. Either it's on or it's off, but let's just move on. Well, it finally came to the surface this year, and very quickly, a lot of players have shown about where they play, they just want to play and make money. That's what professional golfers do. And here we are in a situation very quickly where the PGA Tour is in a scramble for its survival. It has happened almost instantaneously. It's incredible. And so to recap quickly, uh, Greg Norman is, you know, a guy that clearly was a fantastic golfer in his day. He has helped spearhead this cause. Phil Mickelson was one of the early guys to go. The first, I think, legit big name was Dustin Johnson in terms of a guy that is a threat to win majors. Now you have uh, Patrick Reed, 
Bryson DeChambeau. Yesterday, Brooks Kapka joining. Like This is all of a sudden looking like a U.S. Ryder Cup team of, of not too long ago. Yeah, well, um, and Abraham Anta, who's in the World Top 20, just went as well. Uh, there's a number of players that are on the list. Uh, I'm told that the Live Tour is going to start just continuing to drip feed these big names over the next, you know, little while. And and then it will be official very shortly um, <clears throat> that they'll get world ranking points attached to either the DP World Tour, which they're trying to partner up with, or the Asian Tour, which they've already got a partnership with. Hmm. And that was the big conundrum here, is what happens to these players in a couple of years if they've played in a league that doesn't offer world ranking points. Well, they just go out the back door and they just basically become exhibition golfers. But that was never the case. The Saudi-backed golf league that Greg Norman is at the helm of is desperately seeking official world golf ranking points. Now, if you run golf, like the governing bodies, the USGA from America, which just hosted the US Open, and what an epic week that was, um, the RNA, which is hosting the Open Championship, and they came out this morning saying, we will not ban live golfers because it is an Open mm-hmm. Championship, and if you've qualified, you get right, right to play. Mm-hmm. So given the big names that have started to drift across and the amount of major champions and people who are significant to the game of golf, they're going to get world ranking points because we don't want to lose them. The game of golf doesn't want to lose these players forever. You've got a four-time major champion in Brooks Kepka in the last three years. Dustin Johnson's won a couple. Bryson won the U.S. Open. There's a number of major champions there. Phil Mickelson, arguably, in the top 10 golfers of all time. The game doesn't want to lose seeing these people. I was at the Country Club of Brookline last week. Phil Mickelson is absolutely adored. Nothing has changed one iota Hmm. from what he said in the press or in terms of him taking this enormous payday to go and play on the Live Tour. They still adore him. His legacy as one of the all-time great players will never go away just because he's chosen not to play on the PGA Tour. And what people are starting to work out here, Ryan, which is the big thing, is it doesn't matter for these guys where they play. They're not loyal to an organising body. They are loyal to the game they love. And what a surprise. Golfers play for money, and they love money. What a surprise. Not that it needed to pass the sniff test or anything like that, but now that there is one one event, one weekend under its belt, does does this give does more credence, more credibility? Not that it needed it, I guess, when you have that much money, mm-hmm. but are they in better shape maybe now than they were before we actually saw this, uh, this thing in motion, if you will? Yeah, no question. And, and the biggest thing that probably impacted the, the tour's uh, position over the last week was all of them came back to play in a major, and what, mm-hmm. a, what a pro golfers do in locker rooms and on driving ranges in and around a golf? They talk. And the talk of the town was it was phenomenal. The players got treated like royalty. The caddies got treated like royalty. It was a brilliant week. They're saying, this is the future, guys. This is so cool. That was the news that went right round Brookline last week. So all of a sudden, Brooks Kepka, who may have been 50-50, which he wasn't, signs. <laughs> Abraham Answer, who may have been 50-50, but he wasn't signs, and all those other players that were just arming and arming of whether they should do this or not, it's a no-brainer now. So here we are in a situation where the PGA Tour has really come up with nothing to counter it. Yes, they mimicked the, yesterday with that. I'm going to basically just put the Live Golf Series on the PGA Tour and do the same kind of thing to try and keep them. But it's got to a point where the PGA Tour has to 
react very quickly here or they're going to start losing some massive sponsors and some massive TV deals. It's getting to that stage. I don't disagree at all, and I think that you know the, the, the great question is, what is the next move? There's talk of now a no-cut top 50 series surrounding the FedEx Cup, which has been their sort of carrot of big money that they've left for the players? Yeah, they announced that yesterday, and isn't it amazing how last year, and you alluded to it at the start of the chat, $40 million. why don't we hand it out to the players who created the most buzz on social media and, and in the marketplace? Oh, here's an extra eight series, $200,000, 50 players, no cut, earn you right into at $20 million. Oh, look, there's another $100 million. Another $160 million. They're finding money now, guys. Now, where was this money, Luke? Players, where's it all been hiding? Yeah. It's been hanging on to this little treasure trove of millions at the tour. This is the concern here, Ryan. This is what Phil Mickelson was alluding to at the very start. He just didn't say it eloquently enough. He was far too aggressive about it and then comes off looking like a you know self-righteous SOB because he goes and takes a $200 million deal to go and play for the Saudis, which is obnoxious greed. We cannot deny, gentlemen, the capitalism, the, the financial model that we've all been living under for X amount of uh, years. Money always wins. Mm-hmm. It always will. And the PGA Tour had the most money for the most amount of time, and that's why they grew to be the biggest. And now they've got a competitor that's come on the table very quickly who has more money than God, and they don't care about the PGA Tour. Yeah. Now, should, it's as simple as that. Uh, this is the question I've been asking, and maybe I'm missing the point, but I'll, I'll ask it to you, and, and uh, I, I eagerly await your reaction. If we don't care in most of the first world where we're buying our oil from, and if we don't care where most of our consumer goods are made, why should we care who's cutting checks on golf tours around the world? Well, that was my question at the very start. Shocking double standard to everyone's outrage to these male professional golfers taking money from the from Saudis or from China or from Russia or from all these countries in the world that they're not clean skins. There's not, you know, we're all standing in glass houses here. Why is it up to the male professional golfer to have a moral standard higher than our governments and big corporations in the world? That is the absolute question here. And I just, it's got to a point where that was the only defense for the tour. And that was the only defense of the people who were in support of the tour was the moral high ground. But they don't have a right to stand on it themselves because of what we're all complicit with. Yeah. Because it, it's, that's the simple fact. It's just it's as simple as that. He with the most money wins. And whether we like it or not, that is the fact. Okay, so what is, what's the hit list look like for, uh, for Live Golf in terms of targets, big names? Like where, what would the biggest domino to fall be? Tiger's not incredibly healthy, but he's the biggest name in the sport, maybe certainly ever. I mean, what, what, who are they chasing? Who's close? Who are we wondering? Rory's been very vocal against it. It would be quite a turn, of course, for him to go. But, but like, walk us through the rest of the, the big names right now in the sport. Well, obviously, uh, Rory McIlroy is the trump card. Uh, Justin Thomas right up there. You've got Colin Morikawa, who's brilliant. Uh, if you look at that, Jordan Spieth still a very big needle mover, even though he hasn't played his best for quite some time. Mm-hmm. If you look at that top 10 in the world, none of them are going. All of them continue to say exactly the same thing. I want to play against the best players in the world. And at the moment, the PGA Tour is that place. Now, let's say in three tournaments' time or a year's time, this Live Golf Series has managed to pull over a couple of those bigger dominoes. 
they'll fold like deck chairs. The rest of them are gone. They'll all go because they're like, well, no, it's my desire to compete against the best. And it will, it will just be opening the floodgates. And that's unfortunately the scenario that they're very close to now, that Brooks, Bryson, um, Abraham Answer, top 20. You know, they've got something like, I don't know the official stat, but I think it's now eight of the top 50 are there and they've got uh, five of those in the top 25 in the world. It's happening very quickly. It's, it's, and, and it's only going to continue because uh, the Saudis gave Greg Norman an extra $2 billion, an extra $2 billion, to sign players. He's already burnt through $650 million of that. But I think there's lots left, though. I'm just kind of I'm available. Two billion yeah. minus six. I don't know how many million. B's minus M's is weird. This stuff, that Matthews doesn't <laughs> yeah. happen around here. No, you know what it does? It makes you look in the mirror and think, boy, I, I would go for so much less than 150 million. <laughs> I hope they. I, I hope no one realizes just how how little it would take to actually get me over there and to, to buy they can, me. They yeah. can make me a thousand air. <laughs> I'll be there in a minute. Yeah. 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 Well, this is the thing, guys. They flew them all there privately on their private fleet of jets, including the caddies. They're staying in, you know, the primo hotels. They're getting the deluxe service. It is red carpet type stuff. And that was the vibe at Bookline last week, is you can't believe how well they treat us. It's just outrageous. And so how much of that is selling the tour and how much of that is sustainable? Well, the, you can't question their wealth. The, the pockets will always be there in terms of how much money is available, right? Well, up until the oil prices went up, uh, Ryan, a billion dollars net profit per day out of a Ramco alone. Ooh. That's a bit. And then they've got this Saudi public investment fund, which is invested in all the major companies and corporations of the world, all these Fortune 500s, and they have made trillions, trillions of dollars. They've got so much, it will never run out. As I said to you, Boomer, uh, it's just consider the Bow River full of $100 bills from Banff to Calgary, and it's been flowing and it'll never stop flowing. And, and they just can't lose. If they, for as long as they want to be in the game, they will not lose. It's like Scrooge McDuck diving headfirst into the big pile of gold coins. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yes, and, and then backstroking and blowing out all this money. Out yeah. Of it's exactly right. And it's, 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 that's what it's come to. It's almost become a cartoon uh, because you can't fathom. Um, the rumour at the, at the US Open was that the Saudis have put in an offer to the DP World Tour, which is the European Tour, to buy it. If they buy it, it's all over. The PGA Tour becomes the European Tour and the European Tour becomes the PGA Tour in terms of dominance. Wow. And it happens that quick. Isn't that incredible? And so the, the greatest crown jewel the, the PGA Tour has is what? The players with the big purse or the FedEx Cup standings with the big payout? I mean, how, how Jay Monahan comes out of this with, with a tour anywhere close to as strong as where he started, I don't know. Well, that's, that's what everyone's reading. You know, that's the tea yeah. leaves, right? We're reading the tea leaves. It's so obvious and it sucks because there's been, you know, 60 years of toil to grow this to where it is today. And it's basically, you know, what did everyone do when the, the New York taxi people lost their livelihoods with the Uber? What did everyone do? Probably kept using whatever was cheapest for them or whatever's best for their wallet, right? Exactly right. They just moved on. Yeah. That's what happens. People just move on. 
there's a new shiny thing that we all stare at and complain about and argue about, and then we move on again. And then we talk about, uh, you know, what's going on in the Ukraine, and then we move on to the next thing, and then the next thing, and then the next thing. That's what people do. They move on. And it's unfortunate uh, because those who are most passionate about certain things struggle to accept that. But that's what the world does. It moves on. And speaking of moving on, meanwhile, what is it, the Travelers' Championship? <laughs> right. Of course. How could we forget? Yeah, let's let's not talk about it. Let's just go and play some golf, guys. It really does kind of change the, the tone of the entire remainder of the season, right? It, it does because, look, and I've done the, the Travelers' Championship five times in the last seven years. It is a magic week. It is so much fun. But, you know, we've just had a major... We're two days removed from one of the best majors in the last 10 years, and you haven't asked me a question about it. Yeah. No, it's not no what people are talking about. No one cares right yeah. now. Yeah. No one cares at the moment. Yeah, it's a shame. We had, we had a Madam Stanley on the, the day after the, 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 the RBC Canadian Open in Toronto, and the, and the crowds were epic. It was the first time back in three years. But, I mean, that wasn't what people wanted to talk about. I mean, Rory won again, cool. But, like, is he going to go over and play on the Live Tour? Like, that was more the talking point than – a guy flirting with 59 despite bogeying two of his last three holes. Right, right. Wild. It was epic. That Canadian Open was absolutely epic. It was so cool for Canadian golf. So good to see the energy and everyone was like, there you go. That's what real golf looks like. That's what it means. Nope. Move on. Move on. Everyone moves on. Moved on. You know, Matty Fitzpatrick, heroic performance to win that US Open at one of the great championship venues. Moved on. Well, we'll let you move on. What's uh, what's going on, what's going on in your life? You taking some cuts on the Sims today? Where, where what's going on? Yes, mate. We got a lot of work to do here. Uh, I'm realising that can golf isn't quite uh, getting the attraction I was hoping in the summer. I thought our food and beverage would really start bringing some people in. So I'm going to go out there and either find myself a, a Saudi type backer or <laughs> investor, or uh, make a few more sales, gentlemen. So that's where I'm at. Now, that, this is my focus for the rest of the year. I, I'm done for the, the, the tournaments for this year. It's time to get back into the, the business and make it uh, thrive. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, it was top shelf, everything that we experienced out there right around opening day, and a hit during the winter. But there's no reason you, sh- you don't go in and have some great food and bev, watch sports, Stanley Cup final, or even uh, tune up your game in a simulator. You can do that too. We, we, we loved it. Well, how about coming and sitting on the patio with us? Enjoy one of the great views of the entire Canadian no Rockies, mate. Yeah, it's got a couple of frothies on the patio. We're due a summer too, aren't we, up here? Isn't it about time that summer kicked in? Ready. We're ready. <laughs> Chomping at the bit for that big yellow ball to come out that's of the right. sky. We'll get out there and it, it, it'll be a cracker if we yeah, get that's out it. there. It'll be, great. Yeah, it'll be a something, okay. it'll yeah. something like that. An yeah. absolute cracker. Absolutely. Yep, you got it. Be good, Luke. Good, good to talk good. to you as always, pal. Okay, guys, take care. There he is, Luke Alvey, our golf expert. Not just PGA, our golf expert. PGA Tour, we were not even those experts yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. And to his point. Of Can Golf as well in Canmore, which if you haven't checked out, wonderful facility, kind of, I'd say one of a kind in Western Canada that they got put together. Unreal. CanGolfCanmore.ca is the website. Treat yourself. Food, great. Beer, cold. Simulators, top of the, I mean, state of the art. About golf. Yeah. Sims. Those are beauties. We'll break here. We'll come back. The uh, the news off the top you had there. Paul Maurice is back in business. He is the new head coach of the Florida Panthers. What does it mean for Andrew Brunette? What does it mean for Barry Trotz? What does it mean for Boston, Winnipeg, Chicago? What a, 
didn't really know that, I mean, Paul Maurice was a head coach five months ago, six months ago, kind of slid under the radar, but apparently not for the Florida Panthers, who have made the move and have hired him as their next head coach. We'll react when we come back. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Sundry Golf Club, title sponsor of the program. Check them out. You're probably not even thinking about it. What's today, Wednesday? You know. Mm-hmm. What are you doing Friday? Can you get out of work? Uh, maybe, uh, oh, yeah, probably could, yeah. Well, what did, you know what you should do? You should text your buddy uh, so-and-so and, uh, you know, Bill Terwilliger, get him on the blower and say, hey, what do you Terwilliger hasn't played in ages. You, you think you can get out? Mark. Yeah, you think you can get away on Friday? Sundrygolf.com, you say, huh? Well, look at this. It's uh, well, rather affordable. It's not that. Oh, I thought it was further. No, it's not that far. Oh, that's a hell of a little. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sundrygolf.com. You're welcome. That's what we do. So Paul Maurice is the new head coach of the Florida Panthers. And I guess about, what, about a week ago, big names still on the market. Where's John Tortorella going? Cassidy let go from Boston. He's, he's available. Peter DeBoer, Barry Trotz. It's now that that list is starting to dwindle, as we've seen Peter DeBoer hired in Dallas, four-year deal. Cassidy goes to Vegas, four-year deal, I believe it was there. Tortorella mm-hmm. to Philadelphia, a four-year deal. Jay Woodcroft re-up, three-year deal. Uh, and we knew that uh, Lane Lambert, Lane Lambert took over in Long Island, Marty St. Louis in Montreal. Doesn't want to leave. So now, Torts done, Cassidy done, DeBoer done, and kind of... What is it like that uh, that Homer Simpson meme where he comes out of the bushes? Paul Maurice. Or the, or the Undertaker sitting up in the casket. You forget about me. Sting in the rafters of the bat? Paul Maurice is one of the more tenured and winningest coaches of, of our generation. And I guess when you think about coaches with a lot, with, with a great history and winning record and all of that that would be available, mm-hmm. just kind of skipped by him. Wondered with how things ended in Winnipeg, he's stepping away, or at least that's how it was framed. Yeah. What's the appetite to get back behind the bench? What's the best time frame for you? And apparently getting a President's uh, Trophy winning team coming off of a second round defeat, disappointment, looking to make a change. That's the fit that works for Paul Maurice. You could do worse than going to Florida, I would suggest, at this point in time. Oh, just so muggy in the summer, though. True, yeah, yeah. I guess you'd have to keep your summer cabin somewhere. We saw Matthews yesterday. Couldn't even wear a tie. Had to let the chest hair breathe. You think Paul Maurice will do his presser the same way? It's very sticky out there. I, I, just, I, I can't really think of one without thinking of the other. I feel like they're coming with if the. That's what Austin's doing. That's clearly what Paul's doing. Bit of a musky, musky bucks strolling in for his press conference. Hey, just uh, don't mind me. I've got my, my gold change and my whoops, chest hair. Whoops, another button undone. Yeah, that's right. Whoops. So what do you think? You like the fit? I don't know. I mean, he's a good coach. He he's one of the more thoughtful, more philosophical guys, and like he he reads a ton of books. He's he's a lot about stuff away from hockey as much as he's uh, been a hockey guy his whole life. And I don't really know what Florida was missing per se from a coaching standpoint. Like, what were they? What was this management team trying to replace that wasn't there? Like wasn't it just a bad four games? They really, or, or was it more than that? I guess they weren't quite themselves against Washington, but they showed great resilience, wouldn't go away, win the series. They just never really seemed to find their footing. And I don't know if any of that has anything to do with Burnett or not. 
Like, were they poorly coached? Are they a better coached team now? I don't know how to answer that. The tra- the resume is better for Paul Maurice, but Paul Maurice's team was nowhere as good as Andrew Burnett's last year, right? And apparently what they've done is they've offered Andrew Burnett a uh, significant contract to remain in the organization in a different role. Does that mean associate coach? Do you slide into some player personnel responsibilities? I don't know what's on Andrew Burnett's wish list or what they think is a carrot for him, but maybe he's still there too, and you're supplementing already clearly a, a good coach, Andrew Burnett, who was a finalist for the Jack Adams. That's a hard spot. Really hard spot. I feel for the guy. Because it's not as though you went in there and stubbed your toe. No. You're right. You Did you get swept? Yeah. Round two, were you the, all of that. But... Like, was John Cooper a really bad coach when they got swept by Columbus as the one seed and they ran into, like, 980 goaltending? You could have fired him. I, I think it was really recent after an extension, but, I mean, not as crazy as very similar to what Torts getting fired one year in in Vancouver on a five-year deal. I mean, it's happened. They stayed the course, and so maybe if you can keep these guys in the fold, and continuity helps, right? You don't want to be bringing in new systems every single year and – it, it was kind of what helped and also hurt Burnett's case in the Jack Adams. I don't think he reinvented the wheel because the players have been taught a system that was going to work for a really talented roster. Did a good job, but you're always like, well, yeah, we thought Florida was going to be good and they were good. And I, Yeah, because I think you can flip that script. Did Burnett do a good job? Obviously, the win total would suggest he did. Yeah. I guess I wonder, regardless of who the coach was, how bad was that team going yeah. to be? And did he need to reinvent a wheel because the coach that ran training camp wasn't there anymore? No, of course not. Yeah. And could you have gotten all, oh, it's got to be me? Well, maybe he was being selfless and more about, look, this system's going to work. It wasn't like he was following a bad coach in Joel Quenville there. What do they get in Maurice? They get a guy who is fourth in all-time games coach. Tenored, big time, eh? And seventh all-time in wins. And what do you do when you're a team that is close but wants to get to the next level? Free agent? You go to the trade the trade deadline, you add. Well, they did that. Yeah, and they'll do that again. The free agent's going to be tough with their cap constraints. But if you have someone who's top 10 in wins and coach, coaching games all time, yeah, it makes sense. Well, and if they if they can somehow find a way to keep Burnett, I think it really makes sense. Um, he might not be into that. We kind of saw it with Jim Playfair here, if I'm correct, where he was the head coach in Calgary, and then like, well, you know, actually, mm-hmm. why don't you go run the affiliate? And he actually did it, if I'm correct. But I don't know. Like you, you really got to get over your feelings if you're Andrew Burnett, and that that's takes a big man, big human to do that. Like it's not the easiest thing to do is be petty and say I got a raw deal, and he mm-hmm. he may indeed have. But if you're all about the team's success with a, a staff that included him and Maurice, is that's pretty formidable. I guess the other part of that would be too for Andrew Burnett. How much of your pride can you swallow? Because there's a bit of that. Mm-hmm. What is the job that's being? handed to you in this case like you said it's believed to be a pretty good spot and if he says no to both he's a free agent yeah and what's what's now left well Edmonton Dallas Philly Vegas they've they've hired you now are and would he be considered a front runner in Detroit or Chicago or Boston or Winnipeg I don't know but you'd probably like to have those chats yeah. I mean, if you could make two or three million dollars a year, that'd probably be better than making associate coach money, right? Because anything you, if you believe what you've heard, Boston seems to be pointing, pointing more in the direction of a younger coach from that area. 
whether it be collegiate or what have you. Much the same with Chicago. Sounds like it's going to be a younger guy, maybe a first-time guy there as a team that's rebuilding. And Winnipeg sure feels like it's trots at this point. What's left? If not, well, if he takes if he takes, takes the year off, then then it is somebody else. But And then Detroit, it's whatever Stevie Y kind of wants to do there. And no one will criticize what he does. I don't know. I, I just don't think that Brunette would be able to walk out and say, well, now I'm... Now I'm the sexiest one at the no, ball. No, you're not the sexiest, but it doesn't. There's how many? Are there four sexier candidates? Because there's four openings. Depends what you're looking for. A hundred percent. So I wouldn't be surprised if he no. chatted with these teams and he became the best option for one of them. There's not four trances to go to these four teams, and you know he, he's clearly not a bad coach. So it, it's a fascinating spot to be in. How committed are you to the team, to the jersey? to ownership, that you can get over your own probably sense of hurt feelings, maybe even a pinch of betrayal of sorts. Can you get over that? Or are you like, hey, I've got to stand up for me. I'm not going to allow myself to get treated like that. I'm going to go somewhere else and, you know, I'll stand by my resume. So what of that division now? If we believe that maybe Boston takes a step back, depending on what Bergeron does. They were already, what, the eighth seed? Is that right? Yeah, they were fourth in that division. Took one of the wild cards. Tampa Bay finished third, Toronto second, and Florida with 58 wins and 122 points. The 122, three better than Colorado for the President's Trophy. I I think Florida and Toronto are your best regular season teams. It would be silly to sleep on Tampa at this point. Boston's still good. I just don't know how good they're going to be the first half of the year. And does Bergeron maybe take a seat? for a few months and see how things go before he commits. Feels like that could be a thing, and right? And if that's the thing, there's another key player that's not going to be there the first half of the year. But then the flip side is, who missed last year that can close that gap? Because there was a huge chasm between, what would it be, Washington and Boston, the two wild cards, and the ninth best team in the East. Like, was that a one-off for the Islanders, or are they an aging core without, you know, game-breaking Mm-hmm. Up front, the prospect pool hasn't been great for a while. Um, I, I I don't know. Is Columbus there yet? No. Is it Detroit, Buffalo, or Ottawa's time? Well, maybe, but it feels like there's three heavyweights in the division now, not four. As for Maurice, the one thing that he doesn't have is a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. 674 games coached with Hartford. Toronto, 164. 246 behind the bench in Carolina, but it was uh, in uh, Nashville. Say that again. I was just reading something here. Uh, the Carolina coach, not Alain Vigneault, but. Uh, Rod the Bond. No, who won the cup in Carolina as their coach? And then went on to Winnipeg, 600 games as Jets head coach, and obviously no cup there. Maurice. It was not Maurice. So it was someone before Maurice. The cup, a- the cup winner for Carolina in 07. Oh, you know, oh, my God. Let me just stump ourselves on that. Well, I'm not. Laviolette? Yes. Peter Laviolette, thank you. Laviolette. EVP, thank you. I thought we should have one. There's two shovels there for us? Uh, no. Just one for me? Yep. Okay. <laughs> no, I'd probably take that. I I struggle. Uh, it's one of the roadblocks I have in my in my brain. But either way. That, that, was a, that was a series. A lot of people don't want to forget it. So if you're, if you're talking about bringing in a guy with Stanley Cup pedigree, not a lot there. But if you bring if you bring everybody back, you run it back, 
And if you if you fail again in the postseason, regardless what the circumstances are, it could be framed that you didn't do your part to address the coaching situation. Yeah, and I guess it's like, okay, so Tampa was in that spot not long ago. Where's, where's John Cooper's Stanley Cup? Well, he just won two right after you would ask those yeah. questions. You know, you, Colorado would be asking the same questions about Jared Bednar at the end of last year when they flame out in round two. You'd have to go back, I guess, and it's revisionist, but the the offseason when Tampa there was loses talk. in round one. I, I know there was talk, yeah. but who was available? Well, I, and I, I also think if I'm – I'm pretty sure they just extended him, but yeah. it was like, oof. You know, if and to your point about Florida, if you're this close, I mean, and could you? The thing is, like you say, they had extended Cooper. You could bring Cooper back, and if you fail early on in that next season, then you can gun him. I guess here you'd be signing a new contract to Brunette. Yeah, he's got one more year on his deal as a associate slash assistant. He's not going to do the head coaching gig under those circumstances. No one, not that it's a lame duck, but. Am I the guy or am I not the guy? They had signed John Cooper to a three-year extension worth $12 million on March 26th of 2019. That is right before yeah. they got swept. So do you do you have Paul Maurice, Barry Trotz, like tenured coaches available for Tampa at that point? The contract obviously is a part of it. And hey, did it work? Absolutely, it did. Cooper's been Cooper's been brilliant. No, they got so the year before the bubble, though. So hang on, I might be off here. Bubble was twenty. Last year was twenty-one. This is twenty-two. So it, he was actually, yeah, wow, okay. Hmm. So anyway, that's uh, that's the story there. So now, what's Trotz doing? And am I right on that? It's four teams now: Boston, Winnipeg, Chicago. I got Chicago. Boston, Winnipeg, Detroit, Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and one's clearly in a rebuild, and a couple just feel like wild cards. Where do Winnipeg yeah. and Boston go this year? Like, you could tell me they could finish second in the division. You could tell me they could miss the playoffs. I'd say, yep. Yeah. And Detroit, it's coming. We just don't know when. Does Steve Eiserman get a developmental teach to play the right way guy and then bring in a closer in two, three years? Or is that what it's been with Blashill until now? Because I, I feel like you don't keep him around that long when there's yeah. no winning unless he's really good at, you know, teaching guys to play the way you want them to play. Jeff Merrick show coming up at 10. No question. He and Elliot will have plenty on that as the, uh, you know, the, uh, and uh, when another, we, another coaching job. I didn't even get a sniff. When, when do Babs and Quenville get back into the ring? It's a good question. Because it might not be this offseason, but. Those are two of the biggest names in the occupation. Great track records. Um, and they haven't forgotten how to coach, but they probably um, have to have paid some sort of debt to society for their actions to varying degrees, clearly, with those two instances. But has there has, has there been enough... Um, has enough time... Shining or turning... What, polishing of the reputation occurred for either... We haven't heard anything from Joel Quenville, if I'm correct, but Mike Babcock has been showing his face publicly a bunch. He coached at U of S with his son. There's been certainly a lot of efforts to rehab the image. There's the terminology. So, like, is are we at the point where team owners, GMs are okay with it? Are we at the point that PR departments are okay with it? Are we okay 
to the point where fan bases are okay with it. I, I don't know that the answer is the same for those two guys, but they haven't forgot how to coach. Prior to this, more or less, there were four of the top 10 all-time coaching wins. Obviously, it's Scotty Bowman won. Joel Quenville second. Barry Trotz third. Then Ken Hitchcock, the late Al Arbor, Lindy Ruff coaching. Paul Maurice. Alan Vigneault is available. Peter Laviolette coaching. Then Mike Babcock. Babs? There you go. All right. Let's do the thing. Let's. Uh, it's what you want to talk about. It's brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Operate your locks with the touch of your phone. Upgrade to smart locks with Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Wasn't Maurice the coach uh, twice in Carolina? I, I think it was. Did, I believe he went with Hartford to Carolina, left, then came back. If my he was a young head coach, like the sure amount of games he's coached at his age, yeah, very impressive. Boom! How many coaches is that now for Sam Bennett since Calgary? Oh boy! Well, if you throw, I mean, include Calgary for sure. So let's go through it. Hartley, <laughs> right? Yeah. Hartley's followed by Gullitson. Yeah. Is followed by Bill Peters. Yeah. Is followed by Jeff Ward. He did play under Daryl Sutter, albeit for a very brief spell. But he did. Like, what, a week or two? Then goes. Goes. Quenville. Now. Brunette. Brunette. And now Maurice. Eighth coach. And if you want to include, Ryan Huska was actually the head coach as an interim before Daryl could get through COVID protocols to coach. (laughs) I mean, it's a lot. It's too many. (laughs) It's Jeez. too many. Poor Sammy, eh? Yeah. Well, not poor. I mean, wealthy and living in Florida, Sammy. On the coaching, who Calgary? Who will be Calgary's coach after next year? Do you think Sutter will sign an extension? It's an interesting. It's an interesting conversation because traditionally, this would be the summer where you get something done. You don't want a lame duck coach, but I feel like the philosophy's changed on that around the league. Teams are very comfortable, and coaches more and more comfortable to have a guy in the last year of his deal coach a team. And, and I just feel like this is a tricky time for an extension and that I would like to see next year. First off, the roster could look really different. Secondly, Daryl, like most in this occupation, there's fatigue from his coaching and his style. Not necessarily on him so much as on the job, but he is a very taxing, demanding guy. And I, I would think the best thing to do is play out this year and I think that Daryl's in a spot too with his relationship with ownership. It's a it's a unique kind of a situation. I, I wouldn't here. be surprised if if they did with him what they do with GMs after a while, which is you, you you retire them upstairs in a sense, and they stay in the organization. They become another voice of expertise and reason. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Kirk Muller's here, a guy who is not an assistant but an associate right. that has been a head coach. That you know we hear his name surrounding vacancies now and then that has run his own program. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Daryl remained an advisor or something. I mean, we kind of didn't really know what that entailed in Anaheim, but the more we heard him in press conference, he talked a lot about his time advising in Anaheim and watching good Branson there and seeing guys in the division. Yeah, I think that to a certain extent, he's going to have a bit of a hand in what his next move is. 
Um, is there a drop date, drop dead date for either of you, or what is the date to say, okay, Johnny's going to free agency? I, I think it's midnight on the free agency day. If Gabe Landeskog can get done in the last six hours and he was your captain. Yeah, unless he tells you a week in advance that he's that he's made a hard decision that he's going. You, and, and, then, and I don't think Johnny's camp, it's in their best interest to do that. I, I think what you'd rather see or more likely see happen is the Flames say, look, we need to get a head start on free agency. If you're not going to be here, can you let us know by X? But if you're the agent for Johnny, what you want is to be able to go right till midnight and push the Flames to the highest dollar figure they'd ever be comfortable with which is the moment before they could potentially lose a guy and then be able to gauge that in number versus the interest you're getting in free agency, even though those are separate mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah, a minute apart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, are you guys seriously not playing the Jays game today? Like, bro, question mark. The game starts at noon today. Even if the game went into extras and was four hours long, which it won't be, it'd be over by four. That gives you guys two hours to preview your little hockey game tonight. More than enough time. Don't you think more people want to listen to a wild card chase rather than six hours of preview on a hockey game in mid-June? Wake the F up, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Wake the F up. My, My whole day is ruined now. 960-960. Always welcoming your thoughts. Tell us how you really feel. Like, bro. Sorry, bro. It's not above my pig. Yeah. Um, safe to say, we're the ones that come in and do the shows. We're not the ones who program the station. That's right. Um... Boomer hates soccer. Not sure why that's that seems so. necessarily needs to come in. That guy needs a Snickers. That coming. He does, and he's very hangry. Potentially very hangry. How quickly did Maurice say yes to the Florida job? It's it from the outside looking in. It looks like a great spot. That's oh, a good set. <laughs> uh, look at that team. Look at that team. Like they got a little bit of a cap dance to do, but guys want to be there. They put in a culture of winning. I don't get the sense the Huberto deal is going to be tough, but maybe I'm crazy on that just because the Barkov one, they got done and it was reasonable and fair for both sides. It's a great tax climate, and they finally got a team good enough where they can actually start using that to their advantage. Led the league in scoring. Go in the in cap the, era. Right? Go in there, and if if you're one of the better coaches, you know, tighten things up, be a little bit better defensively. and They weren't terrible defensively. Can you, can you see Paul going to his family and, and starting with the pros and cons list? Now, guys, mm-hmm. we've been used to Winnipeg for the last, what, four or five years? Mm-hmm. Now, what are the pros and cons of working from, hmm, let's call it September to May? Or <laughs> Winnipeg on yeah. this ledger, pros and cons, and then we got Florida over here. Or if you've got a if you have children, and he might, if you've got children who have just graduated high school and have moved on, they're like, so we lived in Winnipeg when I was 13 Dad, to 18, and now you moved to Florida. Now you're great. I'll tell you what, though. If you're, if you're over 21 and your son or daughter, we're visiting Dad a lot. Yeah. Some fun times in Florida. Bro, I'd rather listen to six hours of hockey talk than listen to a six-hour Jays game. See, there's a little bit of everything. I think we need these two guys in a, some sort of a no-holds-barred yeah. cage match. Can we do that? Yeah. I'd relocate my entire family to Florida to coach kids soccer, and I know nothing about soccer. Well, I don't, don't I mean, don't. It feels like a very high-risk situation. Yeah, and I don't know if it's the same. Not don't, advising that. Make sure you don't sign a lease. 
probably won't last long. Uh, now, tomorrow on the program, you know, we're booking guys like crazy. Jason Lackenfora going to join us. This is how we do it. Slowly starting to get every other every day that goes by. We're another day closer to the Gronk NFL news. season. Gronk is done. We got Deshaun Watson news. As greasy as that is, we're getting Dan Snyder grossness. Oh, Dan Snyder's a, a D bag. You total say. weasel loser perv. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, seems like okay. We knew already. Lacking for us some NFL stuff coming up, uh, and our buddy. Dan Murphy from Vancouver checking in at 7.35 as the Canucks just got pen to paper with one of the most coveted free agents from outside the NHL. They also had uh, quite a resurgence under Gabby, our boy Bruce That's Pedro. right. Bruce, there it is. And uh, Besser Miller. You keep all these guys? Brock I feel Besser, like you should try to keep it. They're good players. You want to collect good players, right? Besser, a restricted free agent. And the question is, do you do you want him? Okay, well, what's how much do you pay him? Are you going to? Does he have arb rights? Is he a guy? Let's so we'll talk to uh, Murph about it, among other things, and obviously plenty of reaction to Game Four. Is there a game tonight? Yeah, six o'clock, Cup Final. Are we going to carry that one? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good move. And we're going to have six hours of that pregame. That's you. a game we got to get. That's right. We got it for you. We got it for you. Jeff Merrick, 10, Big Show, Noon, Unnamed Football Show, 3, Puck Drop, 610. Let's go with that. Hmm. Sportsnet today with the play-by-play voice of the Colorado Avalanche. Connor McGee, Moments away. Up. I'll get the hell out of here. It's that's uh, what you want to talk about. And it's brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe, your experts in automatic door service, repairs, and replacements. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. We'll see you tomorrow, buddies.